Welcome to this week's podcast of the series, Strength Training, by Miss Julie. We hope you will enjoy listening to this podcast, and please, look forward to next week's. We'll see you there. Thanks. Before I knew Jesus well, this is hysterical, but I was in a Christian college, and I didn't really know Jesus. I had people right and left coming up, you know, Oh, Julie, you're a sinner. You need saving. If you don't get saved, well, you know what happens. And so my response to all of these people was always, who do you think you are to call me a sinner? You have my eternity planned out for me. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate that. You don't know me. You have no idea what's in my heart. You're judging me. If that's the kind of person I'm truly supposed to become, no thanks. I want absolutely no part of it. I think that, you know, for Christians and non-Christians alike, there is a way to actually communicate effectively and have good conversations about this stuff. But I think many of us, we need to know how. And I don't know that you can really know how if we all don't have an understanding of what really sin is. My problem really wasn't with Jesus. It wasn't rejecting Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In my heart, I know that I never really did reject anything like that. What I was rejecting was the idea that sin is a you problem only and that sin is not a we problem. Because sin, you know, in all honesty and truth, it affects all of us very badly, Christians and non-Christians alike. Every single person living on this earth is affected by sin. And so I think for me, what was very helpful was when actually Jesus stepped into my life and began to help me understand what sin really is. Because we could ask anybody. Some people might be like, well, sin is doing something bad, lying, cheating. I mean, if you just take a moment right now and think, what is your definition of sin? I can guarantee you we would have a ton of people coming up with all kinds of different definitions of what sin is. Well, that's not very helpful. And if we as Christians don't really understand what sin is, how can you go up to somebody that's never even heard of these words and start using them? I feel like if we don't have a clear definition of it, we can't expect people that don't even know Jesus to have a clear definition of it. So when we throw the word sin around, it can definitely come across as religious fanaticism, ridicule, judgment. So what do we do about this? Well, first off, I feel like let's actually define what sin is. Might be a good place to start. Thank you, Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says the primary sense of sin means to depart or to wander. It's a voluntary transgression of the divine law. So sin is a departure or a wandering from God's law. But where does it come from? And is it really a we problem? So when I look at Genesis 1, through 31, it says, basically, God created Adam and Eve. They were in a total place of wholeness. There was no sickness. There was no death. He created man to live forever in the Garden of Eden. Pretty cool, right? And so God gave them at this time one rule to live by. And that rule we can find in Genesis 2, 16 through 17. I'm just going to take a moment really quickly and read that. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So my thoughts and ideas when I read that for the first time was, um, okay, well, obviously it's full of poison. Like, you know, if you swallow a bottle of Drano, you're going to die instantly right on the spot, right? And that was kind of like where I was with it. I didn't really understand the full meaning. And so as I continued to study and continued to read, I saw this in Genesis 3, 2 through 6. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Again, kind of sounds like poison. But let's go to verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened And you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable and pleasant for food, and it was delightful, well, I can pretty much guess you guys imagine what happened. She's looking at this thing being like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to just die right on the spot. And so here we are. It kind of started to make sense. Like It's not poison like Drano, like blah. (laughs) I'm going to eat it and croak. You know, that's not exactly what we see going on here. And so did Adam and Eve depart or wander from God's law? From these two verses, that question is answered with a solid yes. God said, don't eat this. And we see Adam and Eve talking to a serpent and saying, okay, well, it looks good. So yeah, we'll eat. So that was a transgression of their will, meaning they decided to do this. So what is the definition of sin here? So we see for the first time since the creation, sin enters into the world through the humans God created by their own actions. Are we human? Yes, I believe all of us, Christians, non-Christians, whatever, (laughs) you know, living, breathing beings, um, yes, we are human. I think sometimes we like to think, well, that was Adam and Eve. I didn't do it. I wasn't even there. Well, there is truth in that. I wasn't there either. You know, actually, none of us were really there because Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. All of us that were born since Adam and Eve, we have not been born in the garden because They got kicked out and nobody's been allowed back in. And you can find that in Genesis 3, 17 through 24. So now I can imagine some of us are wondering, well, is God punishing us because of something two people did thousands of years ago? Really, Miss Julie? That doesn't sound really great. Well, I get you. And I feel the same way. (laughs) I think that that could be pretty harsh. And I want to break this down in a way that we can totally understand. Like, for instance, have you ever been kicked out of a class or a gathering because of some bad behavior? Um, I'm sure a lot of us, if we were actually together conversing, we could come up with quite a lot of stories. I'm sure you're already thinking of things that you can look back and just totally laugh on. Or if it was more recent, maybe you're not laughing still. (laughs) 
So why couldn't God just forgive them right then and there and let them stay? Like, why in the world is he keeping all of us out of the garden too? Well, what we need to know is God did forgive Adam and Eve, but it didn't change the fact that they had become corrupted and the whole earth was now under a curse. And I want to read this to you. It's uh, Genesis 3.17. And what that says is, And to Adam he said, Because you have listened and given heed to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, the ground is under a curse because of you. In sorrow and toil shall you eat of the fruits all of its days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth, and you shall eat the plants of the field. So what is going on here really? Like I kind of always was under this impression that God was just really angry, kicked everybody out, and there we are. But I never truly understood like what was God meaning? The whole earth was under a curse now because that tree had been eaten from. Well, when I was reading that, you know, it used the word corrupted. They became corrupted. And so once again, thank God for Webster. <laughs> I turned to Webster's Dictionary and it defines the word corrupt. And it says as to decay, rot, natural decomposition. Adam and Eve's bodies started the aging process at the point they ate from that fruit. So once again, we don't have like cyanide poisoning going on. You're not falling over, croaking over dead. This is a slow, ugly process called aging. Yes, I know. We all are going to get old and wrinkly at some point. Um, so we all know aging also eventually does lead to death. So what God was saying here was originally he never created Adam and Eve to age. They were never created to die. He never intended that from the beginning. And all of this was a result of sin, the curse that came on them, and the entire earth. Everything at this point went into a state of decay. So this also brought a whole other host of problems with it, as you can imagine. We see Adam and Eve being afraid, an emotion they have never had before. For the first time ever, they're blaming each other. Remember how they tried to hide from God after they ate the fruit? If you don't know this story, you might want to check out Genesis. It's pretty cool to see what was really going on here. But these things were all the effects of sin. And here is where God made all of it good, kind of like the moment before we actually get kicked out of class. Um, if you can imagine, the classroom is in a complete state of chaos. Like everything and everyone is disrupted. There's loud yelling going on. <laughs> Maybe paper airplanes flying through the room with the teacher. <laughs> Most likely, we know we're looking at the teacher and she's like, I want this room calm and peaceful. And it's anything but. And so you know where we're going here. What does the teacher have to do? She finds out the ones that are creating the most ruckus and chaos, and she kicks us out, right? And so, um, you know, it does restore order, right? It brings the classroom back into order, and the ones that got kicked out are like, ooh, they're going to go to the principal, and, you know, great, you know, 
well, that doesn't sound good for the ones that got kicked out, but it really is. It gives us breathing room. We get a chance to calm down. You know, we were obviously acting out for a reason. And so, yeah, are we going to get disciplined? Probably. But it's never meant to harm us in the long run. It teaches us something and it, it actually helps us. And so this is what God did for Adam and Eve. They created a mess of a ruckus in the garden, and God had to kick them out. So maybe you're thinking, well, Miss Julie, here we are. Kids that get kicked out of the classroom are eventually allowed back in the classroom. Yet thousands of years later, we're still kicked out of the garden. Yes, I know, and I completely understand what you're saying. And I really feel like this is where we need to see God's heart in all of this. And here it is. Out of love and mercy, God is so not going to allow Adam and Eve or any of us back into the garden to live in a state of eternity. That means forever, no death, while we are still in a state of corruption, you know, the state of decaying, like imagine, like our skin falling off of our bones kind of thing. We get old enough. He does not want us living in that state forever and ever. And not only that, we have the emotions that came with the whole curse of the land. Um, Fear, anger, rage, jealousy, all these kinds of issues, depression, sadness, these are all a result of sin. And there is no way God wants us decaying in a state of eternity with horrible emotions forever. He loves us, thank God, way too much to allow that to happen. So God certainly did not want to hurt Adam and Eve but he wasn't about to just strike them down dead. You know, he, he knew that, okay, they ate. This is what is going to naturally progress. They're going to grow old. It's going to lead to death. I cannot allow them to live in that state forever. It's not awesome. That's not my plan for them. That is totally not my best. <laughs> That's what God was kind of saying here. And so in his amazing wisdom, he just knew the right thing to do was to get us all out of the garden. Do not let them live in a constant state of corruption forever. I mean, could you really imagine living forever, having, you know, the pains we hear older people talk about, like, oh, my hip, my knees, my back, like forever in pain, really? (laughs) That would not be the most pleasant thought to any of us. So thank God he just loves us way too much to do that. Now James 4.14, you know, actually has a verse, and I want to read this to you. It says, yet you do not know about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp, a vapor, or a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears. Well, thank God for this verse, really. I mean, what it's saying is, look it, you're here for a while, and then you're going to die. Amen. (laughs) You know, I never thought in a million years I would ever get excited about being able to die. But in God's infinite wisdom, I am so happy that we humans actually, you know, get to die when it's our time. 
um, God knew that the earth he created would be able to sustain these corrupted states we're in, you know, this aging process. Um, he knew the earth would sustain our short lives just as it was able to sustain Adam and the Eves and everybody else since. Um, again, God did not create us this way. It was the curse that came over the whole earth the moment sin entered into our world by Adam and Eve willfully wandering away from the divine law. So I hope you're beginning to understand this definition of sin. God did not create the messes we see all around us and in our earth. It is a result of the curse of sin and death that came on the land. Um, And it does not just affect humans. Actually, when I stated, you know, it's a human problem, it is, but it affects everything. I mean, animals die, plants die, everything we see around us eventually wears out and decays. And that is all because of sin, the curse that's on all of us, on all of the land. So now that we're understanding what sin is a little bit better, I have to ask, is sin a you problem or is it a we problem? And I'm praying that you can really see God's heart in this and that you can see my heart in this after being somebody that was really told I was a sinner for a lot of my life, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I just really didn't love the idea of somebody saying that to me, feeling like, okay, well then, so what? You're perfect and I'm a sinner? Like, it's just not great. And to be able to actually have Jesus step into my life and help me understand, you know what? It's a whole world problem. (laughs) It's not a you problem. It's a we problem. And we all have this problem. And thank God there is a way out. And I hope that you stay tuned for the next podcast because we will be talking much more about our way out of this mess next week. So... Thank you guys so much for listening, for giving me, you know, this 10 minutes of your time. I just truly appreciate you. And I'm so happy to know that we are in this together. Have a blessed day, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast of the series Strength Training by Miss Julie. If you want more from Miss Julie, be sure to check out ChristForKidsMinistries.org. Come back next week for the next podcast of this series. Once again, that's ChristForKidsMinistries.org. If you're local, be sure to visit the Wegmans in Canandaigua, New York. There, you will find books by Miss Julie. Thanks!